Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, Christina is getting deprogrammed, Sam almost loses her clothes, Sam is fading, and Sonny is getting ready for his big shoot in Architectural Digest magazine. We're going to break it all down next. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to the GH Report. This is the show that breaks down all the latest shenanigans there in Port Charles. I'm Frank Moran. I'm Carla Renata. And as always, folks, like us on Facebook, give us five stars on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and Carla's got her iPad up and running, which means the chat is up and running. I do, and let's do a shout out because I have the right contacts in today so I can actually <laughs> see Joe Costanza, Lisa Wagner, Tom Clev, Andy Goen, pa- Kelly Public Cover, Loretta Dulamon. What's up, y'all? And Andy Goen. What's up? What's up? Yes. Welcome. So before we break down in detail this past week, Carla, overall, what did you think of this week? It was a slow burn week again for me this week. It was a little bit of a slow burn, but we did have an introduction of a new recast, so that was interesting. I mm-hmm. kind of liked her. Yeah, I liked her, but you know, in the chat room, Joe Costanza, because he got jokes, he said, "New Valerie needs to wear a wig and look like Brittany Sarfi." It, I mean, it, certainly, uh, you know, there there are women that I enjoy that have you know hair various different lengths. Mm-hmm. I, I probably you didn't like her hair short. Eh, it did, admittedly, it didn't do much for me. Well, maybe they're doing well. I mean, you know, so the short. I think the short hair thing, which is kind of. Um, stereotypical to a certain extent because Valerie is borderline lesbian. So maybe they had the new Valerie have short hair because of that, Mm. which like I said, is very stereotypical because you don't have to have short hair to be a lesbian. I wore my hair short for years and I'm not a lesbian. So I'm just saying, (laughs) I'm just like, what the hell? I saw that and I was like, really? That's what we're going to do. But she's a, she's a good actress. I like her. She's a little older she is. Then Christina is. So I don't know how that's going to work out because Christina looks 12 compared to this new Valerie. Very true. Although, you know, I mean, Christina has had an eye for older women in the past. So. Mm, yeah, but, but even that older woman that she was with before didn't look as old as this chick does compared to Christina. Yeah. I think, you know what I mean? Yeah, because certainly it's felt like uh, Brian uh, and Christina were more contemporaries. Yeah. Than, yeah. than this. So I don't know. Well, let's jump into what is probably getting the, the hottest traction on social media right there. The biggest thing happening in Port Charles is Sonny's New Kitchen. <laughs> no, they were all up on Twitter talking about, I forget who it was. It might have been Michael B. Was like, I think it was Michael B. Michael B. was like, his kitchen looks different than what I thought it was going to look like. Sonny is always bragging about how well he cooks. Did you think his kitchen was going to look any less stellar than what it did? You know, I but I, even I was taking. I mean, it's a really nice looking kitchen for sure. But, but even look how I was big thinking, the house is. Of course, that kitchen is huge. Yeah, but I was also thinking, like, would it be white? I was not thinking white as the primary color of the kitchen. I was thinking more of like deep dark browns or something like that. I was, but mm. I'm thinking. Well, I was thinking more. Everything else like, is dark brown, so yeah. You know, and it's the also, whole house is dark. The kitchen got to be light. You got to see what you cutting. I'm just saying, <laughs> you can't have no dark kitchen. You can't see where the knife is going. That's not hot. 
Now, I did make that joke about the Architectural Digest magazine, but it doesn't seem too far-fetched from a, from a show that is getting uh, a live, at least countrywide coverage of their nurses' ball. That some reputed mobster would be featured in an Architectural Digest magazine. I cannot. Yeah, it doesn't seem like, oh, yeah, let's go talk to this, you know, he's a coffee importer slash perhaps potential <laughs> a bad boy my boss. First of all, I'm just not, yeah, I'm just like, why are y'all trying to, feed? I think they're just trying to throw us off for a minute from the other shenanigans that are going down in Port Charles But this you know, week. <laughs> the show's not going to spend the time or money on a set that they don't feel like they can get a lot of usage out of. So if you're going to build a sunny set... A kitchen set? I feel like you're gearing up for us to see some scenes in there, which I'm I'm totally down for. Mm, I don't know. Because it'd be better than seeing scenes. I was like, as much as like that living room area. We had to see some other part of the house. I mean, because yeah. honestly, over the years, I don't think we've ever seen Sunny's Kitchen. We've only all we've only ever seen that foyer leading to the door. Yep. We've only seen the upstairs bedroom or a couple of bedrooms, the one that Morgan was in in, in Sonny's bedroom, and we've only seen that family room, which leads out to that balcony. Mm-hmm. Balcony. That's all that I can remember that we've ever seen of his house. So I'm kind of glad they showed a new part of his house that don't look like the rest of it, because even the bedrooms are dark. Yeah. Dark brownish, grayish, blackish action happening. Because they're always holding secrets. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you right <laughs> I cannot stand you, but I, I have no problem with Sunny's Kitchen. I'm glad it was like I said. You, I cook, so you can't be in no kitchen that's dark. You will cut your, you will slice your finger off. You have to see what you're doing. I'm just saying. I did like though that this is the one time because any other time we have ever seen somebody come into Sunny's house, it's coming through the front door. You know? Right. Uh, this time though, when Michael is hanging out with him, he leaves through the back door of the kitchen. He and, like, did, he does, which like, I was like. That's oh, strange. That's a long walk around, isn't it? I'm like, is he going through another garage? Like, what's happening? I did. Th- I thought that too. I was like, where are you going? What's he doing? Okay, Michael. Oh, speaking of Michael, so let's just let's just let's plop this down for a second. So Michael and so, so there were a couple of little bad scenes this week, which I was I thought about you and I laughed out loud. Oof. So there was the one with him and Sasha, the post coital um, discussion where they were talking about everything, and then. Um, he leaves and then Sasha leaves and then they go to see their separate families and both of them in the, now first, that was one thing about being in that kitchen. So he in there hacking and sneezing and coughing all over everything. I'm like, did not, did not one person think to like pull out a Clorox bottle or some Lysol and wipe the counters down? Like he just sneezing, throwing germs everywhere. And then she goes to the hospital and Nina's like, oh my God, what's wrong with you? But this is an interesting twist for Sasha because they're going to run some tests on her and I think it's going to come out that she's really not Nina's daughter. Yeah, but are they doing DNA tests? They're not going to do any DNA tests, but more often than not, when somebody gets, because I think that right now they're just showing that they got a little cold, a little sneeze, but I think it's going to end up being a little more than that. And when it does end up being more than that, they may need a blood sample from Nina and they're going to find out real quick that Nina's not going to be a match. I get it is interesting how quickly this came out and that you know of course Carly and Nina both put two and two together mm-hmm. uh, that uh, Michael and Sasha fucked mm-hmm. up that both of them are just like deadly just giddy sick. about it yeah. they were just giddy about it to the point where Nina just practically shoved 
<laughs> she shoved Michael in that room so hard. It's a wonder he didn't fall on top of Sasha. <laughs> she was like, no, get in there. Phew. I was like, dang, girl, you got, she got some muscle. I'm like, she been yeah. lifting weights. What's going on? She shoved him in that room so hard. And Carly pressed him. But Carly, but Michael's like, yeah, when there's something to know about, I'll let you know. And she was like, mm. because she meddles so much. I do, you know, uh, and I know people have talked about it. We've even talked about this for a while. But mm. Michael, I mean, uh, he was, you know, uh, involved with Nell for a little bit. But he's never really had, like, a stable relationship for the longest time. Mm-mm. And if he has, he's been with somebody that's cuckoo bananas like Nell. <laughs> right. I, now that you've got Sasha already, I mean, at least I like that they're addressing it. And they have Sasha at least feeling some twinge of regret about, you know, she is somebody that has a big lie in her life. And Mike knows that Michael is somebody that doesn't want to get involved with somebody like that. Mm. Are we just setting this up to have Michael get interested in somebody that's ultimately just going to blow up and then she's just going to fade off? And go yeah, out because at what happened at the end of this week? What was the last thing we saw at the end of this week? Her knocked out from whatever they gave her for the cold, which is funny to me that they gave her something to knock her out, but they yep. didn't give him nothing. Or had he had just he had just shown up at the hospital, right? Yep. So he didn't have a chance yet. Okay, so there's that. But... I love the fact that they ended the cliffhanger end of last week was her saying, I wish you were my Nina. I wish you were my real mother. And Michael just happened to be the one to hear that. What? what? You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's just like, okay, so how, how is he going to handle that? What's he going to do with that information? Is he going to keep it a secret? Is he going to ask her about it? Like, I'm interested to know what way that's going to twist. You know, if this thing goes, uh, blows up in Michael's face, which I have no reason to not think that, given his track record. <laughs> I feel like at this point, then, I need to have Michael go through some serious self-reflection about, like, why does pretty much everybody I get myself involved with, they end up just being horrible people? Because well, I mean, his, I, I because his died, mother. But. Because you're always attracted to somebody that has some kind of trait like your parents, right? His mother is a hot mess. We love Carly, but she's a hot mess. And she's problematic and she's troublesome and she's all of those adjectives right so it bears to reason it stands to reason rather that he would be involved with somebody that has those characteristics because that's what his mother exudes and he loves his mom as crazy as she is he loves her so he seems to naturally be drawn to that like the one the one few few little times that somebody did try to go out with him that had no baggage it didn't last long like it lasted an episode literally yeah, well, that with that one that, well, with, with that nurse, remember that? But that was doomed because they said, like, let's just treat this like an interview. Like, that's already signed. Yeah, it's like it's yeah. done. No, no, no. <laughs> bye bye. And then the whole situation with Kiki. Kiki was cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs too, but they never really kind of hooked up. Like, it was implied that they might hook up for the long haul, but that never really happened. That's true. And then we had Sabrina, and then she ended up getting killed by Paul Hornsby. But she was a boring character, so they then- made her boring though, because she was she was. She was very interesting when they first brought her on. Remember, she was she wore the glasses and she was mousy, and then she kind of like had that Cinderella moment where the glasses disappeared, and she was all into uh, was it Patrick? Yeah, yeah, she was all into Patrick Drake and all that madness, and and then after the the drama died down with her and Patrick, then she became boring. Then they made her kind of fade into the sunset. It was unfortunate. I feel like. I, I I'm curious about when it comes to running a soap opera because there are storylines. That uh, when they reach a, sort of a climax, uh, some characters are very easy to break off and, and take into other storylines, and they still are excellent. I and think, there are other characters that are just, once that climax happens, those characters are kind of cut off at the legs. I think the fans dictate the storylines as soaps. I've had a few friends that have worked on soap operas, and um, one of them in particular replaced, she was a recast of someone on One Life to Live. One, one of my friends played... Uh, 
Tina Lord on One Life to Live. And Tina Lord was a really popular mm-hmm. character on, like, like Susan Lucci popular on One Life to Live. And my friend came in. I think she might have been, like, the second or third person to play Tina on the show. And the fans dictate what happens. The fans were not having my friend as Tina Lord, and they got rid of her and brought the original girl in to play her. Wow. And at that point, they started to, you know, rev up the storyline. But when my friend was playing Tina Lord, not so much. Like, they tried, but it did Like, you, you can't predict who's going to have chemistry with who. So I think when they're casting the soaps, they cast what they think is the best person possible for that recast or for that uh, first character, whatever it's going to be. Like, when they, for example, like when they cast uh, Maurice Bernard as Sonny Corinthos, they introduced him as something, he was playing Nico or something on All My Children. So he still had that, like, cute, boyish, dangerous kind of charm on All My Children. And then the people at ABC loved him and they turned that, that, those characteristics into something that made Sonny Corinthos very interesting. Because there are moments where you see Sonny be kind of boyish and kind of, and he's always been very charismatic. He's always been very dangerous. They've made him even more mafioso-like as he's gotten older by slicking his hair back. Because there was a moment where his hair was kind of, you know, it was kind of cute and fluffy, and now they've got him slicking his hair back. So I don't know if they've got him slicking his hair back because he might have a bald spot or two back there. I don't know. Because, you know, as men get older, some of them lose their hair. Some of them don't. It all depends. It's a genetic thing. But in answer to what you said, I think the storylines and how they are executed or not are Dictated by the fans that watch the show. You know, because when you see, like, Sabrina, she, uh, so Robin comes back, interrupts Sabrina and Patrick's marriage. Uh, so then Pat, uh, Sabrina, we've got a little burn off the storyline with Sabrina, like, how do I move on with my life? You know, this is all set up. I really can't be mad at Robin, mm-hmm. can I? Because she mm-hmm. was, everybody thought she was dead. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of just flounders for a little bit and then eventually ends up with Michael and then she gets killed. Uh, you know, I, with the character <laughs> like that, it's almost like I. I, I think I would have rather just had her, after dealing with all this stuff with Robin and, and Patrick, say, I, I'm just going to leave town. This is just too much for me, you know, and I'm just going to start over fresh in a new city. Mm-hmm. Instead of just playing it out like this, I would rather have that than have a character then just kind of fade into this, like, oh, this is a really boring, nondescript character. But and they, they do it all it the time. You know, they do it. it. They've, they've been doing it like this. General Hospital's been on the air 56 years. They've been doing that for 56 years. For True. 56 years, they bring in the, the core group of characters. They they always try to keep some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some assemblance of the original crew. That's why Bobby's still there. That's why Monica is still there. Because Monica and Bobby were part of that original GH crew. Because most of the people in the case of General Hospital have passed on. Most of them, the older crew. You know, the woman that played Jesse, the man that played Steve Hardy. All of those people have passed on. The the man who played um, Alan Quartermain and... um, the grandfather Quartermain, all of those people have passed on. So they, and and I noticed this when I watch multiple soap operas, even with Young and the Restless, the girl that plays Jill, there are certain characters and certain families and certain storylines that they try to keep on the soaps, but sometimes those storylines just don't pan out. And then that's when they start introducing new people. And introducing those new people, it's kind of, it's like the lottery, dude. That's it's true. like they either hit or miss. And if they hit like Mara West's character as Ava, when they hit, they hit hard. And when they don't, they end up being somebody like um, Nina's character who's going to be recast, right? Yeah. So, it's, and I think the fans dictate that. And I 
promise, watch and watch and see. I promise you that if whoever takes over for Nina, if that chick comes on General Hospital and it ain't happening, they will get rid of Nina. Nina will no longer cease to exist. So uh, interesting. Do you feel like of the, of those two characters, Nina and Ava, you feel Ava is the one that's much more of a, uh, a character that's broken out more than Nina? Yeah. I feel like Ava, because they gave, they gave Nina some layers for a little bit, but then they kind of boxed Nina into a corner after Nathan died. Right? She yeah. she had some really nice layers happening up until the moment Nathan died. And then the minute Nathan died, they made her this blubbering mess who was all up in everybody else's business who couldn't get past Nathan being gone, which I get that because grief doesn't have a timetable, right? But in terms of soap operas and characters, I feel like they boxed her in. They started to do that with Ava and Kiki, and then Ryan started killing people. So because she was involved with Ryan, and Ryan was bumping people off in the name of love for Ava, that gave her something else to play. Now they're doing this whole storyline with her where she's trying to seek this revenge on Ryan because he he killed her daughter. Uh, yeah, in fact, we can jump right into that storyline mm-hmm. because we see Ava. Uh, last week we saw Ava, Felicia, and Laura meet, kind of hatching this plan. And Laura was like, hey, I'm the mayor. I really can't be involved with in this. <laughs> I should get out of this. And then it's like, well, I guess I'll just listen to what you're saying. But that still makes you th- – yeah. that's the funny part. So listening, even being in the same room as a conversation still makes you an accomplice. Yeah. Like how you going how you going to be all up in the mix and you the mayor of Port Charles? Look, it, her, her days as mayor in Port Charles are numbered because between the shenanigans with plotting the whole Ryan thing and spending – to rigging the election, it's just a matter of time before her number is up. That that would be a shame to. I mean, I certainly feel like you do have, especially with that Spencer. I'm just saying, it's just there. a matter of time because Valentine, he's just waiting to drop that bomb. He's just waiting. I'm wondering, as a uh, put, your, I'm gonna Carla. I'm gonna ask you to do a little role playing. Okay. Yeah, as an actress, as okay. a lesbian. All right. Uh, you are a member <laughs> of uh, the citizenship of Port Charles. Mm-hmm. You're reading the newspaper one day, or you're watching the Port Charles local news, mm-hmm. and you see the story that there was election tampering with uh, Laura Collins slash Spencer's election mm-hmm. voting for. Uh, so if something was rigged. Uh, I guess we, we have to do a recount or a re-election. Uh, <laughs> Are, would you still vote? And you find out that this that the tempering was done by uh, Laura, uh, the mayor's grand, grandson. Grandson. Mm-hmm. Would you? Uh, and but she claims to have no awareness of it. It's like I did not know this was happening. She but I completely understand, which is true. But mm-hmm. you're only hearing this on the news, mm-hmm. so you don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's like, I, I, I will do I submit to a re-election here. We'll do all this. We'll uh, completely open, no secrets. We'll make sure everything's counted properly this time. Would you vote for her again? Probably would. Okay. Because, you know, children, you can't really hold... The only thing you can fault Spencer for is loving his grandmother. You know, he loved his grandmother, so he did what he thought was best in his little childlike mind. Even though he's one of those children that's more like an adult than a child. <laughs> yeah. He has more of an adult sensibility than a childlike sensibility. He's still a child. So you can't fault him for for doing something in the name of loving his grandmother. I don't know how laws, like in real life, how laws would pertain to that. But, you know, if I liked her enough to vote for her the first time, I probably would vote for her a second time amid the the scandal. Because it it would be different if it was an adult. 
Got it. Right? It would be different if it was an adult because there's a huge possibility that she would have known, she would have discovered it and just kind of kept it to herself. But when it's a kid, they got shenanigans. And these kids nowadays, they know how to hide stuff better than anybody I've ever seen. So, yeah, I would have voted for her. How about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, especially if there was, if she took full transparency and full accountability for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like, and you, I, you know, as much as anything can ver you can verify anything, but if she, one of those words, like she truly found out, you know, like a day or two before the, the rest of Port Charles found out. Mm-hmm. So like she knew this was going on and she wanted to be, yeah, come forward with everything. Mm-hmm. But it, it's like one of those like, oh, I found out, you know, three or four months ago and I've just been sitting on it. Then I would, I would probably not because I'm like, you sat on this for three months. What's right. Exactly. I agree with you. Um, let me flip it back to the whole recasting subject um, real quick for just a second. So let's talk about the fact that they've recast Carly a few times. Mm-hmm. So it was um, the chick who's now playing Dr. Kim was Carly at yep. one point. Tamara Brown. Tam- yeah. Tamara Brown, yes. She was Carly. And then there was somebody else in between her and Laura well, Wright. It's Sarah Brown, Tamara Braun, right? No. T- T- Tamara Braun. Yeah. And then, but there was somebody before Tamara Braun, there was another one before Tamara Braun, and then Tamara Braun played Carly like forever. And then when she left, Laura Wright came in and took her place. So Carly is another one of those characters where you were like, well, I was like, really? They gonna re- who? You, gonna, you gonna replace Carly? Like, seriously? Somebody that's gonna play opposite Maurice Bernard that can hold their own? Yeah. I'm gonna sit back, puff, puff, and wait and see how that turns out. And it's turned out really well. Like, every woman that they've put opposite him in that role has been killing it. And they've won Emmys, or they've been nominated for Emmys. So that's a really good example of recasting a role right. So... To speak of that, as we're saying, you know, Kim, of course, being played by the former Carly mm-hmm. before Laura Wright. So she's not back in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you like her in this role or was it something about her and the role of Carly that made her more interesting to watch? I'm going to I'm not going to lie. When she first came on the show, I couldn't watch her on the show without thinking of her as Carly because she played Carly on General Hospital for such a long time that for the first maybe six months that she was there, I just couldn't. I couldn't, like, program my brain to see her as somebody different. But then as the storyline escalated with Oscar and with Drew and how that was playing out, then I was able to become more invested in her as Dr. Kim Nero as opposed to seeing her as the former Carly Corinthos. Hmm. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. Okay. I got you. Uh, so we were talking about the Ryan, uh, Ava, Laura, Felicia storyline. Uh, to wrap that up, we see them kind of hatch a plot. <laughs> where not everybody seems to be on the same page as Ava, though. Mm-mm. They want to set up something where Kevin is now going to fake to be Ava's boyfriend to make mm-hmm. Ke- Ryan so jealous that he'll come for them. And when they do, they're going to catch him. Now, that's where Mac, Felicia, Ryan, and Laura think it's going to end. Capture, taken right to the police. Mm-hmm. Ava, though, no, 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 no. Ava's she, like, no, I'm taking him out. Yes. She's <laughs> like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to take him out. I find it very interesting that Kevin has agreed to go along with this. And I think that he is, like they said, he is the perfect person to draw Ryan out because it would make him nutsoid. Because even Kevin makes the point when he's talking to Laura about, you know, how how he's ultimately responsible, how all this plays out. So he said that um, that Ryan, everybody that Ryan killed, he did it for Ava. Everybody. Anybody that got in the way of his happiness with Ava, he took them out. It didn't matter who it was. It didn't matter if it was Mary Pat. didn't matter that it was her own child, Kiki. didn't matter who it was. If they were going to get in the way of his happiness with her, they had to go. So 
Kevin would be the perfect person because if Ryan finds out that his own brother, we know how jealous he is of, of Kevin. If he finds out that Kevin is going after Ava, oh, Lord, he will lose his mind, him and his little one hand. <laughs> you know, but I also wonder, is does it seem too transparent? Does Ryan fall for that immediately? Or does Ryan go like, they're just trying to bait me to come back out, to admit that I'm still alive? I think he might kind of lurk around for a minute to figure it out, to figure if it's real. And then once he sees, like, he'll he'll have to see them. He'll have to see Kevin spend the night at Ava's house or catch them being intimate, whether it's kissing or whatever it is, for him to t- completely lose his, his stuff, I think. <laughs> Don't you think? A hot sidebar for one second okay. about that <laughs> is because at the beginning of the week, we ended last week with that cliffhanger of what's in the box. Uh, and so we open it this week, and it is, is indeed Ryan's hand. What place is sending a hand to an individual? By and, courier. Yes. You don't like On send ice. It, <laughs> you don't send it to the law, the law enforcement. You don't send it to the morgue or something like that and let them pass it on. You send it directly to an, an individual. Well, in their, in their defense, they didn't open it up to see what was in there. But they know it's coming from the Canadian Mounties because they're the ones that found the hand. So they're sending but they it don't, to them. But they don't know what's in that package. It could be anything. Wait, but why are the Canadian police sending it to... Child, I don't know. They're sending it directly to Kevin. <laughs> why are you sending a hand directly to Kevin? <laughs> Send it to the morgue and let them notify you. Kind of, like That's just weird. <laughs> what's going on up there, Canada? Cannot, what are you doing? Let me just address what's being said in the... Um, uh-uh. Marlon Wallace says Justin Timberlake should write a new song called Hand in a Box. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's a hand in the box. Uh-uh, that's wrong. And then Michael B <laughs> said you. not to be heartless, but he wished that they would let Oscar die already. <laughs> that is heartless, Michael B. Oh, my God. Um, let me see. And then Tam said, I thought he killed Mary Pat before he got involved with Ava. He did, but he, he killed Mary Pat because he... Because Ava and him had a conversation about how deviant she was and how she was tr- how she wanted to take this person out and take that person out. So he did it as like a trophy to say, look what I did for you. Remember? Yeah. I mean, he's already I mean, he had his uh, his tingly sensations towards Ava already. So anything <laughs> that's going to prevent like Mary Pat, possibly somebody that knows who the real deal is. Right. Could spoil that. Yeah. She's got to go. And then Charlie in charge says, Charlie in charge, excuse me, says Kevin and Ava are going to develop real feelings for each other. That's what I think is going to happen. I like Laura putting, the, putting her foot down about that. I was like, don't. Laura put her foot down, second. but that ain't going to stop it from happening. Oh, no, no, no. Kevin, no way. There's it's Kevin's a soap opera. It. You know it's going to be shenanigans no before way. it's over. Come on now. No way. No way. <laughs> uh, what I do like, though, is that at least it's giving Felicia and Mac more, I'm hoping, more screen time in this story. Yeah, it is. Please let it, it is. be. Well, hopefully they'll get more screen time because Robert has exited the scene with Finn, the whole Finn, Anna, and Robert situation. He He's left, or has he? Because he has Finn's ring, so we That's don't right. know. He's always coming around. I like that Robert Scorpio, baby. I love that, but um, yeah. Uh, so before we move on to our next topic, though, uh, folks, uh, thank you so much for watching us. You've helped us become the ESPN of TV talk. Yeah. Just carving that internet real estate for ourselves. <laughs> Uh, but we're also asking for a little bit of help as well. So if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, why don't you like and subscribe? If you're listening to us on iTunes or your podcast of choice, why don't you give us a five-star rating right there? That would be so appreciated. Uh, but no matter where you're listening to, get involved in the conversation. Leave a comment. Uh, like the people that are leaving the comment right here on the chat so Carly can read all your fine missives and thoughts and opinions as well. <laughs> so we love when you get a chance to get involved in the shows you, and for giving us the opportunity to make shows that 
give us an opportunity to talk about everything that we love all together in a common space. So thanks so much for watching and continue to enjoy our shows. Yes, absolutely. Let me just say this before we continue. They are going off in the chat room about Oscar. They're like, he needs to die already. And then somebody brought up a good point. I think it was, it was Tom Clev who said Oscar will die at the nurse's ball. I think that's going to happen too. While he's on stage singing that terrible song? I don't think he's going to make it on stage. I don't think he'll make it on stage. And I think it'll end, and then Cameron will end up having to finish the song with Joss if she finishes the song at all. Like, it's going to be so melodramatic. You know it is. I would like it to happen, and it's going to be like that Mike moment uh, from last year where he loses <laughs> and... <laughs> he loses gotta, his memory yep. in the middle of the song. Yep, and then said he's got to jump up there and save the day. Because, you so. know, every nurse's ball, there has there's always some dramatic moment that ties in with what's been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks that plays out at the nurse's ball every single year. So I think my prediction is Oscar will die on the red carpet on the way in. So right there on live TV. Oh, that's just... <laughs> that, is, that is awful. Oh, that is no. truly awful. I can't... Okay, so while we're on the Oscar storyline, let's just talk about the fact that I love that Joss pulled Cameron up and read him the riot act. She was like, what kind of friend are you? He, it's not like he has another hour or another day or next week. You need to come by the quarter main house like today. And he was like, oh, okay. Like, I was like, that was quick. Yeah, you know... <laughs> There's two sides of that, too. It's like, yes, okay, read the riot act, but then also take a second and, like, what's going on in Cameron's life? I mean, he did get, he's dealing with his, his brother. He got in a fight at school. Cameron does have he's a couple on probation. Issues. Yeah, he's got a like couple he got issues a, going on in his life. He got a lot going on. Him and his mom ain't getting along. Like, it ain't like he's just skipping down the street minding his business. So that's yeah. not for nothing, but there's that's going on. Uh, and, the one thing I will say that is driving me crazy, and I'm, I'm not looking forward to this continue for however long <laughs> Asker's going to be with us, is that every time he's, he, wherever he is, whether it's laying outside on that little, little uh, the nice little relaxing chaise lounge chair <laughs> uh, on the quarter main patio where it's like, all right, let's get you inside. Okay. One more thing. Can I? I just need to do one more thing. It's every, constantly. It's always one more thing. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Every I scene ends with that. I have to admit, this week when when Josh said I'm just gonna go run an errand and he's out there sleeping, I thought they were gonna come back and find <clears throat> him dead. Like I kept thinking every time they went to go check on him out on the balcony that he was gonna be dead because he didn't look so hot. That why well, it, it's kudos to the makeup person because <clears throat> he does look very deathly sickly, you know. The, uh, Not for nothing, but, you know. <laughs> the awkward staging of <laughs> Monica, uh, Monica, oh, Jocelyn, no, wait, it wasn't Monica, Kim, and Olivia, I guess? Yeah. Watching them play poker. Yeah. yeah. So awkwardly staged. Well, they were sitting in the background, so yeah. it's like... But they're all, like, all grouped right together, yeah, right there on the couch. Like, like, oh. And then Monica going, if there was any doubt that he wasn't a quarter main, that doubt's gone now after he did that poker face and won the poker game. I'm like, it's a shame. I hate that, that it took him getting ill for them to have that moment, though. Like, it's a shame that they couldn't have all these moments ahead of time. And then there was all that drama... The scene, the whole scene in shenanigans, or the, the couple of scenes in shenanigans with them debating over whether or not Oscar should ride on this motorcycle with Jason got on my nerves. Well, would you have that uh, was been some on wasted, the yay or nay That was some that? wasted time, huh? Were you on the yay or nay of that? Yay. The boy, look, if he gonna die, let him die the way he wanna die. Like, who wants to die sitting up in a, you know, covered... Like, if, if somebody told me today that I was out of here tomorrow, I would do everything I wanted to do up until that moment. I didn't want... I would not want to leave anything up to chance of me not being able to live my best life while I still got one, as opposed to sitting around wondering what I could do, especially if I was still physically able to do it, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I was all about that. It, it the... Uh... 
seeing I, I I'm enjoying the scenes of the Quartermains kind of interacting with Oscar. But it does make me wish, it's like, as you're saying, it took it to the death to get those scenes. Mm. That it, it would have been great to have Oscar, if we could have had in an ideal world, an Oscar involved in a story, in a quarter main storyline that didn't involve his health. Yeah, like that would have been nice. Like, remember a little while ago they had that one scene where him and Monica were supposedly going out to hang out, and then we never saw them hanging out. We just heard about mm-hmm. it after the fact because you brought that up. And I was like, I would have loved to seen some scenes with Monica and Oscar, just you know them having a um, a heart to heart. But what, but what I could what I could do without ever seeing again is Scout sitting on that Chase Lounge because baby yeah. Scout looks salty like a mug. I'm like, why does this little girl, she looked like every time they talked to her, her jaws was just tight and pouty. That kid looked like she was like, I need a snack and I need it now. And if y'all don't get me up out of here, I'm about to bust out into that infant cry in two seconds. I, I think I rather would have not done that scene. <laughs> Or had you just taken Scott out of that? Because when the whole thing is like Scott really wanted to show you her toys, and she and her face was not illustrating no. none of that. That kid looked like she could care less about being in that scene or showing a toy or anything else. I was like, oh no. Yeah, I, I would have just taken Scott out of that, and just like we could have talked about Scott for a hot second to get us into that scene. They needed oh to see God. her there. That was made pure, it rough. That was pure comedy, and yeah, then because it's just without, it's like. This uh, Scott or uh, Oscar making the thing like I like to take Quartermain as my last name, uh, so I so I'm now Oscar Oscar Nero Quartermain. Would have felt like it would have hit home for me more if we would have seen more Quartermain Oscar interactions earlier. Right, I just felt like that whole situation with him at the Quartermains this week. It was just they were trying to do too much too fast. Yeah. It, it was like trying to throw everything but the kitchen sink in there. You know what I mean? Um, and then there was that moment where. Um, Cameron Cameron finally does show up and then he helps him make the video for Jaws. And that's the cliffhanger that we end on too. I'm like, oh, really? That's yeah. what we're going to do this week? But I, I'm kind of glad it was Cameron. Like, I'm glad he wasn't asking Olivia to do that. I'm glad he wasn't asking Ned to do it or Jason. I'm glad that it was Cameron, you know. It's going to be interesting to see how Oscar's death affects Cameron because Cameron don't look like he can take, take too much um, stress. No, that's true. You know, and so we've got this whole stuff happening with uh, Oscar and the Quartermains, but we also have uh, Drew and Kim. And Kim certainly is, you know, she wears her emotions on her sleeve when it comes to Oscar. Mm-hmm. So we've seen the way she's reacted in various different stages, mm-hmm. whether it's alone with Julian or mm-hmm. when Oscar and her have a hard heart. Uh, I'm really waiting for, like, a, a nice Drew-Oscar scene. Like, I thought we were going to get that when they're outside on the patio talking together. Yeah, but, and we didn't. Yeah. And I just, you know, I, we Instead, haven't Instead, we got a Drew-Jason scene. <laughs> that scene was so. I really want them to be brothers. And I what? was like, huh? Oh. oh, child, let's let's why, look. like why? Why? I hate. This is one thing I do. I like when characters that are passing away, they come with that bucket list, and some of it is like, how does this involve? What is this for you? Why do you even care if they are even like? Why they're putting things that up that are just like, oh, these are just story points. So we should have this character bring that up. Like, Shit. who cares? That was somebody in the writers' room who forgot to bring it up. That's what happened. They're like, oh yeah, we forgot about this. Let's put that in this week. Yeah. I'm like, oh y'all are doing way too much. And Let's... nothing happened either of them. No, it was just like they talked about it and that was it. But what I really want to talk about before we run out of time is this whole. We talk about Shiloh every week, and we usually spend three quarters of the show talking about Shiloh. But let's just talk about the fact that Shiloh. Hello was like, because Sam was pressing him, pressing him, pressing him about the trust, the trust, the trust. And then he takes her, he couldn't wait to bone Sam. 
could not wait. Even when they were knocking at the door and they was about to blow his cover wide open, the police, mm. he was like, that's okay, that's okay, they'll go away. I'm like, oh, ew. It was so creepy and greasy and just, ugh. Like, it was so, that whole situation was so gross. It was just so gross. And what was even grosser, did she have a wire on? Is that what she kept playing with in her back? As far as I know, she doesn't have a wire. I think what she was. Had, she, did she have a weapon or something back there? I don't know what that was because I thought maybe it was a wire. I thought maybe that's why she didn't, why she was hesitating with undoing her blouses. Maybe because she had a wire on. Because we've never because seen that her case, talk about that it. That case that she had on the back of her shirt, it was huge. So it wasn't a gun because we would have seen the gun. I don't. I don't know what was in that case, but that was just that whole situation was just really, really creepy. And then we found out that there were drugs in the cup. Yeah, and then we find out that um, that part of the whole trust in this initiation has to do with him sleeping with people, which is how Willow got pregnant and got that tramp stamp. That's why all them girls got them tramp stamps on their back. So, I mean, is this? I mean, it's certainly what it's, this is awful. What he's doing, but it's just it, it, despicable. I feel like this is not this huge. Not not the big thing. Because he was so concerned that Drew knew something about his past mm. that he didn't want to get revealed. Mm. So it can't be just that he, he, he drugs women and then sleeps with them. Because I think this all started off after he met Drew. It has so to there's be something, something else. It has to be something else. But I really, I'm interested to know what what Neil's involvement is. Because he said he had somebody that was in Donna Day. So is Neil Harmony's dad? Would he or be, husband? Or husband. like Former husband? Right. So that's interesting to know. And then we finally find out that Harmony is Willow's mother, which a lot of people had guesstimated on that. But do you a think real mother ago. or adopted mother? I'm thinking adopted if she turns out to be Nina's. Who, Willow? Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. But that, that whole conversation happens. and But then, then there was that freaking moment where they were in the house in front of Sam. And she was like, oh, I'm so nervous. And they do that thing where he has her hands and... He's like, okay, go and be... I'm like, what that? That was some cult... That, like, that... I don't even know what it's like to be in a cult, but that right there was the most cultish-looking thing that they had done thus far in that storyline. I'm like, that's crazy. Yeah, it's... Uh... That was crazy. And this is the other thing that's killed me about that storyline. The fact that every time I turn around, Sam is sneaking in the house. <laughs> she always sneaking in the house and always this close to getting caught. Like... Yeah, I, I, I just knew she was going to get caught going through those files. I just knew she was going to get caught coming out of going, getting ready to go into the room where the files were. Like, where did Harmony go down the hall that she don't hear nobody click, click, clicking with the door knob? You know what I'm saying? I don't get it. Now, it feels like Harmony, though, after her conversation with Willow, and Willow says, like, yeah, you gave me uh, you gave me to Shiloh, and then mm-hmm. you were jealous. Mm-hmm. So I'm out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like Harmony is having a change. Because like, Harmony does know that Willow was pregnant and had birth, gave birth to a child. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, doesn't know that the child is is dead. Well, Will doesn't even know that yet. But do you think that Harmony is changing her views on Shiloh? Yes, because that's why she decided that it was best for her to go back to Beatrice Corners. Because yeah. she know it's going to be, she know it's only a matter of time before his number is up. And she doesn't want to be anywhere in the vicinity when that goes down. She can feel it. One thing I'll say about Miss Harmony, she got good instincts. She knows when the shenanigans are about to go down. And she makes sure she is nowhere to be seen when they do. Yeah. And we see Sonny already like, Shiloh, uh, we, we, Shiloh's got confirmation that uh, that there's narcotics in that bowl. He's got to go now. Yeah, and then it, 
And how about this? How about Jason was like the voice of reason? That made me laugh out loud. <laughs> that made me laugh out loud that Jason was the voice of reason. That Jason was like, yeah, so Margo's on your butt. You Do you really want to give her a reason to come for you? Because she will come for you. Yeah. You know, and then if you think that's bad enough, Christina will hate you for the rest of her life. Like, you've been the person that she goes to no matter what. Do you really want to jeopardize that? And I think at this point, Sonny's just like, he tired. You know, one thing I liked, uh, because we do have the that storyline going concurrent with Christina's deprogramming. Yes. And uh, that was a great there. scene. Oh. But the one part of it that I did like is because there's so often the trope of people in soap operas overhearing information that usually it turns out information they shouldn't hear. They're hearing it secretly. Like, mm-hmm. Kind of like with Michael hearing about uh, Sasha's kind of drunk, kind of rambling. But mm-hmm. what I liked about this is I always like when soap operas can have somebody overhear a conversation about people speaking truthfully about somebody that they care for. Mm-hmm. And so you get to see that person saying, oh, wow, okay, this person does genuinely care for me. Maybe I've been thinking about things wrong. Yeah, when Christina, Christina was having that, moment. that Yeah, she did. But when she had that, when they had that moment when she was crying and she said that she basically became involved with Donna Day because she was lonely and she was tired of being lonely, that kind of broke my heart. Like, that broke my heart that this young lady felt like she had to go to such extreme measures to get attention. That's sad. It was sad. But I'm hoping that uh, this, th- those scenes, are especially that scene, uh, kind of admitting what the core of her problem is, as well as hearing how Alexis really feels about her, and it's not this angry thing towards her daughter, it's not trying to control her daughter, will start breaking her out of it. I think she, I think she needed to hear that. Um, Tom Clev says something interesting in the chat room. He said that Neil is going to end up being Daisy's father. Because we know little to nothing about Daisy. Interesting. That is interesting, right? Yeah. I'm like, I could, I could go for that. Would that be a, a good enough connection if you found out that he was Daisy's dad? You're like, okay, great. It's about a character we really don't know anything about, so whatever. It would be interesting because you can tell that whoever it was that he was dealing with, he wasn't able to get them out. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it's so he's doing everything that he thinks he needs to do to try to get Christina out because he wasn't able to get his own per- the only per- the person that he loved out. He wasn't able to do the the right thing by the person that he loved. So he's trying to at least do the right thing by Christina. And then him and Neil and um Alexis have that embrace where she kind of just breaks that. I felt bad for Alex- Alexis. I really did. I was like, "Wow, that must be heart-wrenching as a parent to to have your daughter right there and look at her and have, like, no remnants of the person that you raised sitting in front of you. That must be hard. Yeah, and, I mean, even being told by Neil, like, don't attack, don't say this, and then being in that situation and you can't help, help yourself. Yep, can't help but do it's it. Like, and I know you told me not to do it, yep. and I did it. Yep, and then I did it, and it was like, oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be curious to see. What I, what I like, though, is that... Uh, at least Christina's call was to Valerie, and it wasn't to the Donna Day house. Yes, I, I was really happy about that because yeah. I'm like, oh my god, if she calls the Donna Day house, I'm gonna punch in her throat through the TV screen. <laughs> yes, I was just so annoyed at the fact that first of all, I was annoyed that she was making a phone call, but I was really glad, like you, that she didn't make it to the Donna Day house. But I found it very interesting that she called Valerie, especially after she popped off on Valerie the way that she did. Yeah. The fact that Valerie even answered the phone is like a miracle in itself. Yeah, I mean, because, yeah, I guess it wouldn't come out as just a general poor Charles number to, mm-hmm. uh, he doesn't have Alexis on speed dial. Mm-hmm. So, well, you know, you think you'd want to have a lawyer on speed dial, maybe, you know, but maybe. I guess not. Maybe not. <laughs> uh, so, folks, uh, as we're getting ready to wrap up here, a little bit of news and some Yay. flash gossip here. After Buzz TV News. 
so, and speaking of the DOD, uh, there are some storyline speculations that there could be e- even a more mysterious hand behind the curtain when it comes to the Ooh, DOD. even behind Shiloh? Yes. Oh, bless. So, yeah. So, uh, which could tie into more about, like, uh, the secret that uh, Shiloh's so worried it, about. I wonder if it's uh, Sam's husband that she thought was dead. He's <laughs> not really dead. He's still alive. <laughs> You know, they do that on soaps all the time. Yeah, so uh, the speculation is that uh, perhaps this person could have a, an issue with Jason or Sam or both, uh, or Sonny. So it could be uh, Jason or Sonny. I could see that. It could be the mysterious backer. That's the reason that they're doing all this. Okay. So, yeah, so we're going to see how this goes. Speculation is, could it be Alcazar? Would you want to see Alcazar? Oh, my Alcazar? God. You did not throw that name out. Yeah. That is truly a blast from the past. Alcazar, man. Wow. Okay. I could deal with a little Alcazar action since we don't have any more <laughs> Cassidines since Helena can't come back from the dead no more. Well, I can, you know, the one thing I was thinking as we were talking about Sonny's storyline, it's like it has been a while since we've had him involved with a true mob-related threat. Mm. And now we've had Michael's Alzheimer's. We've got Christina's and the cult stuff. We've got the pregnancy storyline. But it's been a while since we've had like a real threat to the mob yeah, we, we business need, side. Yeah, we, we need a villain to show up. I'm down for Alcazar. That could be cute. All right. All right. And, uh, of course, we know that uh, Sh- uh, Oscar's time is uh, is fading quickly here. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Later in the chat room, they said, somebody said, Helena is the leader of DOD. And Dula Mama's like, no, please. <laughs> He's like, no. He's like, please, let's not bring... Because they didn't brought Helena. Helena didn't have more lives than a cat, honey. Yes. Uh, so we figure May 1st is going to be an episode where Oscar's loved ones will come to grips with his imminent death. So it's going to be coming up, I think, uh, hopefully by like the next week or so. We yeah. should probably be seeing let's that. Hope. So uh, let's, let's hope. <laughs> let's We're, hope. What, what hopeful ways to wrap, this wrap, wrap that storyline <laughs> up, honey. Put a nice little bow on it. Boom. Done. Poof. There you like go. the snap in Avengers. Done. Snap. Go. Out. <laughs> What a what a hopeful beat be to end this episode of the JH Report on, isn't it? I like that. Wishing for a teen's untimely death. Uh, folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the JH Report. Like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And thank you, everybody, for hopping in the chat. I know Carla's been enjoying reading your comments. If you want to stay in touch with any of us even after the show's over, Carla, where can they find you? You guys can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. And right before the GH Report, you can pop on over to BHL Online and catch me there doing all the reviews of the latest releases at The Curvy Critic on Black Hollywood Live. Nice. Uh, follow me on the Twitter grands at Happy Go Jackie. Folks, we'll be back here next Sunday with an all new episode of the GH Report right here on AfterBuzz TV. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.